I had him come and do a rise and uh, for the first time. And of course, we've kept going from that time. Now it's been well over six, seven years now, and we've had him in here. I can attest to the fact that he has spoken into my life, and God has brought the words to pass. Amen? And I think many of you in this room also have received something from him and uh, from the Lord from him. And uh, he's, a, he's a man that you can trust. Amen? The Holy Ghost flows through him, and we want to give honor to him. Honor is due, but we want to look heavenward, not to the man, but to the Spirit of God that's within that man. And so let's give a warm welcome to Prophet Kevin Powers as he comes up here to minister. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Woo, y'all are looking good. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God you smell good. (laughs) Amen. I was just looking at the flyer up there. I had gained some weight, and I had a lot of shirts I couldn't wear, and sure enough, I brought them all, the same ones in the manifestation picture up there. So it is what it is. (laughs) Amen. Well, it is an honor to be able to do ministry this week with my niece. I don't know if any of you or many of you knew, but Candace is, uh, uh, she's the one that first made me an uncle. Amen. And after her, I said, don't have any more, Kenny. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I remember we were in our first year of Rama, and <clears throat> they had come down to Tulsa because uh, Candace, I don't know if you still have an aunt that lives there, here. We're in Tulsa now, around the area. And uh, they dropped her off at our apartment, and she was, I think, uh, uh, just six, six, five, six, seven months old. I don't even think she was quite seven months old. And, of course, I'm just a young guy, you know. I just turned 22, and what do you do with a seven-month-old? So I took my TV down and put it in the floor right in front of her <laughs> like she was really interested in watching it. But anyway, we do what we do, praise God. Uh, I stand here tonight with a real awareness of the presence of God. You know, I think the greatest attribute among many things that we, we, we wouldn't dare list as as uh, what would be the most important, but one of the most significant things that you and I can learn to do as men and women of God, and that is learn to entertain the presence of God. Learn what makes Him happy. I like to simplify things. You know, Pastor Greg, uh, you know, I just, you know, I just kind of want to go like that, not to worship him, but, you know, he's got a unique gift, and you guys are very blessed. Amen. And I just would throw out to you, don't ever take for granted what God's blessed you with. Amen. Because I've seen folks that have done that, and then God uh, said, well, I'll put you someplace where they will, uh, you know, uh, cause you to be everything that, that I put in you to be. And so, but one of the greatest attributes we can... Uh, is entertaining the presence of God. And I like to say it this way. Find out what God likes and do it a lot. That's pretty simple, isn't it? And, and I used to say, find out what the devil hates and do that a lot. And then I realized when you do what, what God likes a lot, that's really what the devil hates a lot. Amen? So really in one statement, you can kind of roll the whole thing together. Amen. You can go with me over to 1 Corinthians 12. 
And uh, hallelujah. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, go ahead and just go ahead and just pray in the Spirit with me for a moment. Le premaste, yande bande de geste ke yatanasta, lambraso sondo nomo neste kende, natene menestan dandan banane esi, lombro bonde legendi andandara bache ne kekele patanaste. Nambra bandeneste gende nemeneste kende nemeneste condodoso. Lupro bondende lengrinde nenemanda nanamaste keteya. Lombro soto no muge genene Landando bodoboso popore. Chende legega bastanda. Nantende eclepa payeche. Yarabaso sombolo gondombre. Berenesia sataya, yandando solo bonde, nengreste, telebedeste. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Podombre estetea. For I has not seen, neither ear has heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which... God has prepared for them that love Him. But I say unto you, even in this new year and in this new season, shall I begin to reveal things that have been hidden, things that have not been yet released so that the church could take hold of and begin to walk in them. But now, says the Lord, Now there are things that I have reserved even for this hour and this season. And I am raising up a people that has a hearing ear and a seeing eye and a heart that can discern. And I will reveal, says the Lord, even unto those who are looking, even unto those that are listening, even unto those who are endeavoring to receive understanding. For I will begin to divide even this year. I will divide amongst the people that call themselves the people of God. And you shall see a separation that shall come, says the Lord. For those that have ears shall come over on my side, says God. And their hearts and their lives will reflect that which they have made the decision to do. For I am getting ready to pour my glory out upon planet earth unlike the earth has ever known before. And it will require, says the Lord, a church that is separated, a church that is consecrated, a church that is dedicated, a church that will be sanctified and set apart to me. For it is those, says the Lord, that I shall share these secrets with. It are those, says the Lord, that hear the voice of God and make ready and prepare themselves for that which I shall do. For the manifestation of the glory of God shall flow and it shall flow through the people of God with knowledge. Knowledge of how to, 
how to create atmosphere for the glory of God to manifest, and how to know how to flow when the glory of God is in manifestation. For this is a unique season, hour, and time. Do not be dissuaded, dismayed or persuaded by what you see or hear on the outside. For it's all a smokescreen that the enemy would bring to bring fear and deception to get your eyes off of that which I am now doing. Be of good cheer, says the Lord. Be of good cheer. For this will be a year that I will manifest myself to the body of Christ and to the people of God. And they shall begin to say, great is our God and great is our Lord and great is our God among us. And you will see, says the Lord, the manifestation of my authority and my power as you begin to see that the church shall arise and exercise dominion as the word said it would be this season. So hear the word of the Lord, even Lake Church, for I've separated you unto myself. I have consecrated you unto myself. And now you shall see that which has been held back released. And you shall begin to move over into the full measure of that which I have called for an accelerated work I will begin to do in this place. And you may say, but Lord, what great things you've already done. But you will see, says God, that I will blow the breath of my spirit upon that which I have placed in your hands. And it will live and it will come to maturity quickly. For time is short and much work is to be done. So all that has ears to hear, now you must say as Isaiah did, Here am I, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Send me. And that, Lombre neste keia yanda namanasataya, is the call of the Spirit of the Lord unto those who will have ears to hear. For now, says God, shall I do what I promised and what I have decreed. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. God told me the first of the year, of course, we always get rhyming new slogans for the new year. Uh, I've heard, you know, more. More usually goes with four, you know. Get it fixed, and when there's a six, amen. Uh, You know, we're going to get close to heaven when there's a seven, amen. Uh, you know, uh, he's going to hasten the time when there's a nine, you know. And so we have all these nice rhyming slogans. And I'm all for more and more and more in, in 24. But what I've discovered is, is that if we could have had more and more and more, we would have already had it. So therefore, there must be some adjustment on our part. And the Lord said to me, which I believe is... Applicable, that's not probably how you say it, but that's how I just did. Amen. 24 will be a year of decision. There is going to be a great division that happens in the church. There will be a great separation. Because what has been, God said, he is done with. He is, it, it's a stench in his nostrils. And he's going to raise up a real church. Amen. And it's going to require people that will be willing to make the hard decisions. Amen. 
I know we don't do these things by works, but I also understand this, that when I'm separated and consecrated unto God, uh, it just changes my whole, my whole, uh, you know, my whole life, my whole decision process. I like Psalm 37, 4, when it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And when you delight in the Lord, he'll put in you what he wants you to want. Amen. And all the other things that were deceptions and distractions, and a distraction is nothing more than an attraction in the wrong direction. And there's a lot of people distracted today, but God is raising up people for this season. And I tell you what, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad that I'm alive in 2024. God could have, I'm certain, chose any of us to show up in the lineage of our family line, but he brought us together for this season. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Darkness always produces the greatest manifestation for light. And we're going to see the manifestation of the glory. Do y'all believe that? Amen. And so praise God. So I want to, I want to just share something really quick and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Amen. Did you bring your Bible? Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter two, I'm sorry, 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. I looked at the one and the two of 12 and got my tongue tangled. First Corinthians 12, one, when you're there, say amen. amen. And I guess I'll just roll out of the old school and read King James. Uh, Cause when I quote scripture, it always is King James anyway. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Amen. I know we've had lots of teaching. How many of you have heard teaching here out of 1 Corinthians 12? Raise your hand up high. Amen. And so that means, you know, we're probably a little over the half of the crowd, more toward the two-thirds, and there's a third of you maybe that are a little bit on the new side to this, but it really doesn't matter whether you've heard it or not. Uh, one of the greatest deficiencies in the church that we have today is we have, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about pastors for a moment. We've got pastors in the pulpit that don't understand anything about the move of God. They don't understand anything about the flowing of the Spirit. They don't understand anything about it. And let me tell you something. You know, we got GPSs today. We can type in an address and get there. Back in the day, you had to have somebody that knew how to get there to tell you how to get there. Amen? And we're, we're, we're littered today with people that do not know how. They don't know how to cooperate. They don't know what, what grieves the Spirit of God. They, they don't know what, what pleases the Spirit of God. Uh, you know how many times we've been in uh, great gatherings where the Spirit of the Lord came in and then you had folks that were leading worship and they had seven songs on their worship list and bless God, they're going to hair lip the devil. They're going to sing all seven. Amen. And song number one, the glory came in. And what did they do? They sang six more, and by the time they got to the end, the Holy Spirit done took off and went down the street. They couldn't recognize the purpose of praise and worship. It's not 15 minutes of songs. It's to bring in the presence of God. And if we can do that in the first 30 seconds of the song, then we're where we need to be. Amen? And so... I, I've been in other places where, where you have folks that the anointing of God has been brought in and they turn it over to the speaker and he comes up and just in a few moments he's already extinguished everything that's happened. 
And you have, you have this dilemma going on because you have folks that just really don't understand these things. And, and you know, uh, I leaned over to Candace this morning when Pastor Greg was speaking along a certain line, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but, but there's certain things that people try to teach today that you just can't teach. You're talking about there's some things, you know, in, in, in teaching them, uh, uh, you know, sermon preparation and, and, and speaking that you just, it's a gift. I don't know where you stand on this, and that's all right. We can agree to disagree. I'm not a fan of School of the Prophets. You cannot teach someone how to be a prophet. It's a gift from God. Amen? And the only way that you discern those things is, is through intimacy. You cannot gather folks together and then put them in a huddle and say, all right, uh, y'all just pray in tongues and whatever comes to your mind, say it. I see a brass monkey riding a unicycle. Does that mean anything to you? You'd, you'd be cra- just amazed at the wild things that happen in settings like that, but it's a big moneymaker, isn't it, Pastor? Someone was telling me the other day about someone that charged folks, you know, $250 to come down for a weekend, didn't provide them any food, didn't provide any housing, did these little workshops, you see. Uh, and, and unfortunately, we've got people, you know, that, that uh, want to fast track. You can't fast track. You can't fast track. God doesn't have grandkids. He has sons and daughters. And just because mom and daddy's got it going on with Jesus, you can't ride off of what they have. And that's why oftentimes you see patriarchs who start ministries that are touching the world, and then their child, who is the heir apparent, comes, and they just run it in the ground. Because God doesn't have grandkids. You have to have intimacy yourself. Amen? And so Paul, talking to the, the whole church in Corinth, said, concerning spiritual gifts, and we know that that word's italicized, so really things pertaining to the Spirit. And he's going to get down here in verse 7 and talk about manifestations of the Spirit, which I'm going to mention in just a moment. But he said, I would not have you ignorant. Amen? And so, so he wants all of us to have understanding concerning... We might even just say it this way, about the things of the Holy Spirit. That we would have understanding about how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That we would have understanding of how to yield to the Holy Spirit, you see. Because if God can can get you to a place where you can discern His voice and you can obey Him, then He can do incredible and mighty things through your life. I don't say what I'm getting ready to say. Uh, You know, I usually don't broadcast this, but, you know, I dropped out of high school my junior year. I went one semester of high school and dropped. You know, uh, back in that day, you didn't have to have, uh, you know, a high school diploma or even in many instances a college degree to get a good job. You could get on at the aircraft companies up in Wichita, and I had an uncle that worked there for years that was banking the money, man. I mean, making big bucks. He dropped out when he was a sophomore in in high school, and I guess he's the wrong role model for me, but I thought, well, Uncle Ralph did it, and man, he's look what he's done for himself. I I don't need all this school. I need to make money, amen? And so I dropped out the first semester of my junior year. Last grade card I had was four Fs and two Ds. I flunked Jim. Because I wouldn't suit up, right? I mean, I, 
I used to pride myself on the fact I'd never read a book all the way through. I was I, Academically, I just did not like school. But I wanted to get out and I wanted to make money. And that's what I did. I got out, but then I got saved. I was, I was uh, barely 16 when I dropped out. I got saved when I was 17. And my wife's daddy, who is uh, the pastor of the church... Uh, he told me, you need to go back to high school and get your diploma. I couldn't then. I'd already bought stuff on credit. You know, I'd already bought a car. I'd already bought, uh, I was heading toward getting a motorcycle. I was making good money. And uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't go back to high school. Couldn't quit my job, you know. And so he said, well, you need to go get your GED. And I thought, well, huh, I could do that. So I just found out when the, when the classes were. I didn't, I didn't study. I didn't pre-study. I just went and took the test. Passed with an A wasn't that I was dumb. It just was the fact that I, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't see the value in it. And see, when you get over amongst this subject here, we've got a lot of people that just don't see the value. They don't see the value in learning to flow with the Spirit of God. They don't see the value in learning to discern His voice. They don't see the value in these things. And, and you know, ignorance will disqualify you. Ignorance will stop you from being able to flow, but you can correct ignorance. Those that are hungry and thirsty, amen, and thirst after what? Righteousness. Jesus very clearly said, those that are thirsty, let him come and drink, amen. And so, so where I believe we're coming in, in 24, is it's going to be all hands on deck, Every one of you that call Lake Church your home, there shouldn't be one of you in this room that doesn't know how to discern the voice of God and doesn't know how to, that doesn't know how to flow with the voice of God. Every one of you that come here and this is your home and you've been here a while, you ought to know and recognize and be able to discern so you can be a part of what God's doing because there are things that He desperately wants to do, but the number one problem He has is getting us to cooperate with Him. Amen? And so, so he said he didn't want us ignorant. And he goes on down. I'm, I'm not going to teach this out. I just want to exhort up to a point, And then I'm going to tell you a story. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he goes on and says, There's diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. So actually you see the unity of the Godhead in these three verses. It is the diversities of gifts with the same Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit. Differences of administrations, but the same Lord, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Differences of operations, but it's the same God, talking about the Father, which worketh all in all. Amen? There's just something about unity that causes God to just get happy. How pleasant, good and pleasant it is for what? Brethren? Amen. How good and pleasant it is for brethren and sistren. Let's go King James there. Brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. The Bible said it's like the ointment oil poured on Aaron's head. It was like the dew on Mount Hermon. And where you have unity, God commands a blessing. In other words, Pastor, you could correct me, but I think if you could check some of those boxes, there's some things you wouldn't even have to pray about. God would just say, it's already there because you are walking in a position and place with me that there's nothing hindering that flow. And so we might even say, you can learn as a church how to operate under an open heaven. 
Amen. I mean, I mean an open heaven to when you come together, you can create an environment that there's nothing that God can't do. Amen? And I mean, even looking back over the history of this house and all of the wonderful things that's happened, you still have not seen the maximized measure of what God has reserved for this season. I, I preached in Bandera, Texas, out by San Antonio Back in the 90s, pastor's son, he was about 34 years old. I was a little older than him, or right close to the same age, just a little older. And he makes this statement, I've seen everything God can do. And I've been around a lot of people that have said that I've seen it all. Well, you might have seen a lot, but you ain't seen it all. You've seen a lot of stuff you shouldn't know. Like Brother Hagin said, a lot of manifestations you should have and a lot that you shouldn't have. Amen? And uh, I thought, you know, wow, if at 34 years of age this young man has seen everything God can do, God's not very big. Amen? And as great as God has been, he is saving the best for last. Amen? And he's saving the best for last in your life. And so unity must be strived for, it must be guarded. Peter even said, husband and wives, when you get it at odds with one another, it does what to your prayers? It hinders them, it'll stop them. Stop your prayer life. It'll stop the effectiveness of what you are petitioning God, and even though it is the will of God for you to receive. So he goes on over to the, to the seventh verse and says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So the manifestation, manifestation, one definition is, are acts or movements of the Spirit. Acts or movements of the Spirit. One definition means to show. To show. You know, I got saved in a church in 1981 where the Holy Spirit showed up. Amen. I thank God that I cut my teeth in a house like that. I didn't have to unlearn anything. Uh, you know, I, I had to learn some more because we didn't have a lot of strong teaching. We had a lot of good preaching and a move of the Holy Ghost that would blow your mind. There was nothing I've seen it at Raymond with Brother Hagin that we didn't see in our church in, in Kansas where my brother and I were both saved and dedicated as babies. And I, I mean, where him and I cut our teeth. I'm telling you, uh, it, it was an incredible, uh, incredible uh, early development for him and I. To manifest means to come forth into open visibility. So God wants to bring manifestation. And, and I know this house, I know you do have manifestations. I know God does demonstrate in this house. I know there are multiplied people. I don't know if you have a testimony book. It'd be good if you did. Of all of the miracles that you've seen happen. People that have been healed of this and been healed of that. I wished I would have done that on going on 39 years ago when I started. I wished I would have recorded all of the things that I'd seen and I'd endeavored to do that now in the later years of life and journal when I get back from the meeting that night. How many were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost? How many were healed? What did God do prophetically? And just write it down. And, and, and it just, uh, I know what God has by association over the past several years here with this house. But I believe that what God is saying to you is, is that he is ready to expand the house. He's ready to take you into things that you've never seen before. And in many times, it's not something that hadn't happened, but it's actually getting everybody on board and it's happening through all. 
Jesus said, the works that I do, the same works shall you do, and greater works than these because I go to my Father. Well, you can't get greater than raising Lazarus from the dead. He was already stinking. He was already decaying. Amen? You can't get greater than that. We're not looking at spectacular. As Brother Hagin used to say, we, we, we miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. But, but what you can see is, is greater in quantity. What would happen if every person in this house that calls this your home would learn how to flow with the Spirit of God in such a precise way that while you're working at work, the Spirit of God and the nine gifts of the Spirit would have access to manifest. While you are shopping at the store, while you are doing whatever it is you do in life, amen, the glory of God at any given moment can flow to you and through you to someone else. That is the greater thing that must happen in this season, and it requires acts and movements, you know. When the Bible said in Acts 1-8 that he would make us witnesses, amen? We just have to receive the power so you can be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and you know the rest of the three other cities. But, but to be a witness doesn't mean you take them down the Roman road. Talk theology. No, it means to prove to them and show them through the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus has resurrected. Amen. And you say, well, you're preaching to the choir. Well, sometimes the choir gets out of tune. Amen? When God gets ready to do something, it requires people that hear and will obey. Amen? So the manifestation of the Spirit, these manifestations are given to us. I actually, you know, when I'm preaching out of the King James and I read these passages, I like to say where it says, to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge. It's actually better translated through. Because even though God uses me in the, in, the, in the prophetic, people will come up after service and say, you know, I didn't come up when the line was going, but could you, could you give me a word? And I say, sure. Get your Bible and start reading. They think that you can just pull one out, you know, and just start throwing prophecies around. But it's amazing that, you know, when you deal with the gifts of healings, that people don't treat them that way. Because if we could, we'd just all run down to all the hospitals in town, you know, tomorrow we'd meet up and clear everybody out. Amen. But notice what it says. The manifestations are given to us to flow through us, to bring a prophet. Amen. To bring a prophet. It's all about bringing a prophet. So these manifestations are supernatural, spiritual transactions. Amen? And when they're in operation, they will bring a prophet. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. I've got so many stories I could pull up. One in which we were in uh, Aransas Pass, Texas, preaching. I'd finished that night ministering. I had the mic. I was getting ready to hand it to the pastor. And right before I did, the Lord said, wait. So I just stopped and told everyone, would y'all just lift your hands and pray in the Spirit with me a moment? And while we were all praying in the Spirit, the Lord said, there are people here that have back injuries. I want you to call them up. I'm going to heal backs. And so um, we prayed our way out of that moment. I gave that invitation. Sixteen people came forward. One man... This was on Wednesday night of the meeting. This man 
was scheduled to have back surgery on the following Tuesday. They told him going in that he had over a 50% chance he would come out of that surgery paralyzed from the chest down. But he was in such excruciating pain and they'd done everything they could. He was willing to take the risk. And as we prayed that night for 16 of those folks and, you know, I loaded up, took off and went on home, uh, back home the next day. Uh, the pastor calls me on the following Tuesday and says, you got to hear this. That man that, 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 that you, when we talked to him about after the service, he had had an injury on the work on some, some um, equipment like a backhoe and it threw him off and basically broke his back. And uh, uh, they were going to have to fuse things and do stuff. And when they got him in there to look, uh, there was nothing wrong with him. They said, you, you haven't had no injury. You haven't had no... This guy, this guy had been so in bondage, but from that Wednesday night to Tuesday, and he still went on in because he wanted the doctors to verify it. And the Lord said to me after I heard that point, what would have happened if you'd have blew that off? And just said, I'm tired. I done preached, done prayed, you know. He said, that man might be sitting in a wheelchair right now. You see, there is a prophet that comes through these manifestations. And they come, but let me back up and say this. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, now concerning spiritual gifts, a gift requires someone who gives it and one who receives it. And so, I don't think we have any trouble believing that God gives these things. But I think there's numerous ones of you in the room tonight that have trouble thinking that you could be used in these things. And because of that, you defer. What do I mean? You defer. When I got saved in 1981, March the 22nd, got filled with the Holy Ghost April 15th of, of 1981, Three weeks after of salvation, got filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I immediately began to identify the people in the church who had the power. Didn't take me long. There was those that grooved a hole in the chair that just sat. Their favorite hymn every Sunday was, I shall not be moved. And, and they were good people. They loved God. And I think many of them paid their tithe. At least, you know, they were a blessing that way. But they never had any interest in doing anything. Now, they were all about you serving them when they came. If they had kids, they wanted you to watch them. Right? And if something, you understand where I'm going. And so, but I identified the ones that had the power, and they were the ones that spoke in tongues. And so, it, as soon as the first invitation was given, I went forward and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues. Just, just powerful, powerful experience. And so, I, I would begin to get around these folks in the prayer room, uh, we had pre-prayer before church service on Sunday night, 5.45, church started at 7. And uh, I'd get in there and, and I'd get around the people that, that on Sunday that would flow in the power. See, the church I got saved in was a church where, uh, I, I mean, we had, we had manifestation of the gifts every service. Tongues, interpretation, prophecy. I'm going to tell you, if you don't have tongues, interpretation, and prophecy, the other gifts are going to be hard to manifest. And I've been in places where there's been abuses of tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. That's why you have a pastor to pastor the move of the Spirit. And to correct and instruct. Amen? You know, a lot of people are afraid of wildfire. But Brother Hagin said we won't be scared out 
We won't be frozen out by formality and we won't be scared out by fanaticism. We got to have a move of God. And so uh, Sunday morning, it was very common. We would have tongues interpretation. Many times we'd have a couple of them. And there were certain ones that would give those messages in tongues. And uh, one man in, in particular, his name was Dan Higby. And uh, I mean, I'd be standing up there just months saved, months filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, I'd be worshiping and we'd get into that sweet spot, you know. I didn't know how to describe it. I just knew when we got there. Amen. We're in that sweet spot, something getting ready to happen. Some, you know, I, the Bible said watch and pray. I watched and prayed. I didn't close my eyes. I watched and prayed. I wanted to see. And, and, and sure enough, here go Dan. He'd, you know, out comes that message in tongues. And then there's another brother named Marvin Swift. And Marvin Swift, boy, he would interpret that tongue. And here goes Marvin. And, and I'd be standing there after a little bit, and there was others. And I had them down. And, and, and uh, in the middle of this, I knew it was coming. And I said, uh, I said, okay, come on, Dan. There he goes. Dan went right. Okay, Marvin. All right. And then I said, okay, Sister Sanders. And I mean, I got to where I could even pick the people out that were going to do it. And I'm like, this is cool. And the Lord said something to me one day, Pastor. He said, you know when, when these things are going to manifest and what gifts should flow. I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, then why haven't you asked me to use you? Well, I'm 17 years old. I hadn't been saved long. I'm a high school dropout. You know, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't like to get in front of people. Sounds a little bit like God talking to Moses and Moses saying, well, you understand, I can't do this because of that or that because of this or that. Anytime that God gets ready to move you into something, you're going to have argument in your mind because the enemy is going to come and try to tell you why you couldn't, shouldn't, and you ought to just drop it. And I got to where I could discern those things. And when the Lord checked me on that, then I said, okay, sir. So, I mean, it's like jumping rope. You ever see them jumping rope? That double dutch stuff? And I mean, we hit the sweet spot. And it got quiet. And I said, if I don't jump now, Dan will. So, whoa, boy, I let her rip, man. And wow, I mean, you know, prophecy, you know, tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. It's, it's, it's like a bubbling up. It comes from down here in your belly. Same place tongues come. Up out of your belly. I just knew. See, God deals with me simple. You're not going to get a lot of, I'm simple. I just knew this. I need to speak in tongues out loud. That's, that's the awareness I had. Now, now you don't do that while the pastor's preaching. You don't do that while another prophecy's going on. I've been in churches where I was ministering to somebody prophetically and someone from the crowd. You know, and it's like, so I just stopped. And then the pastor interpreted, and I thought, boy, this is why they do it. This is just a free-for-all around here, right? They don't understand order. And when and when not to. And the fact of the matter is, is the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Prophecy is subject. There's many times God will give me something, but I just don't jump up and run up there, even if they acknowledge my gift and say, hey, I got something. You need to give me the mic. I just sit there and say, if you want me to share this, Lord, you speak to them and they'll, they'll, they'll acknowledge me. Amen. So, so there are the ways of the Spirit that we have to learn. We have to learn to discern. Everybody say that with me. Say learn, learn. to discern. These manifestations of the Spirit 
Three of them. Three of them reveal something. Three of them do something. Three of them say something. So very likely when we gather in a meeting like this collectively, God, the Holy Spirit, wants to reveal something. He wants to do something. And he wants to say something. Amen? Amen? Why would, why would he want to do that every time we gather? Because I'm quite certain there's plenty of needs in the house tonight. These are weapons. These are giftings. These are endowments of the Spirit of God to transact business. See, after I got saved and I stepped out in other tongues, I, I watched on Sunday morning. And uh, my father-in-law, I, I, you know, I haven't met anybody that, that in, any better. I won't say that he's better than everybody, but I'll tell you this. I don't know anybody that was any better at discerning and teaching and flowing. We had a church of 800. A lot of places you got that many, you come forward and you had to get the mic. Uh, 800, you know, he didn't sweat it at all. And he had people from, from, from us young guys way down here at 17 years old up to people that were in their 70s and 80s, you know, that were flowing, the young and old. Everybody say young and old. See, that's going to be a theme in this move of God in this season. It'll be the young and the old flowing together. And so I, I stepped out with a message in tongues, and then we had, we had youth gatherings, you know, where, where us young folks would begin to learn to exercise those gifts and flow in that way. But then I saw on Sunday morning uh, different ones that one particular brother's name was Donnie Garrison. Now, Donnie, one thing I say about him, Donnie was a lot of things, and he was, he was something else, but Donnie knew how to flow with the word of knowledge. He did. I mean, Donnie would pop with the word of knowledge. And so, so right in the middle of the flow, and it was in order, Donnie would make his way up to the front where my father-in-law was, soon to be father-in-law, was my pastor to start with. And he'd, you know, lean in and say something, and he'd hand him the mic, and he'd say, someone is here this morning. You had an injury in your back back when you were a child, and it's never healed. God wants to heal you today. And then here they'd come to the front. And then they'd lay hands on them and working in concert with the word of knowledge was the gifts of healings. And people would get healed and I saw that. I saw the word of knowledge in operation. I saw the demonstration of that and I said to myself, I said, if I could get access to those nine gifts, it's cool to have two of them, you know, tongues and then interpretation of tongues. And then, you know, prophecy, you just, you just write it by yourself. You don't even need a partner, right? I mean, tongues interpretation equal prophecy to edify, exhort, and comfort. And so uh, I begin to, to do this. I begin to go to 1 Corinthians 12, right where we're at. And nobody told me I could. Nobody told me I couldn't. See, sometimes it's good. And, you know, the Bible tells us in, in uh, 1 John 2.27, 1 John 2.20 says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. That word unction is the same Greek word translated anointing in verse 27. But the anointing which you received of him abideth in you, and you need not any man to teach you. That doesn't mean you don't need pastors to teach you. It simply means when you stand before Jesus, you're not going to be able to say, well, my pastor didn't teach me that. He's going to say the Holy Ghost was in you, and if you would have waited on him, he would have taught you that. And all over this room, there's people in here that, that you walked into truths that you never heard a message on. You never read a book about, but you just did it because the Holy Spirit, that anointing in you, led you into it. Amen? At least it worked that way with me. And so no one told me. First 11 months I was saved, I had read the New Testament through five times, and I kept coming back across 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 
7 through 11, and, and Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, those gifts would demonstrate words of knowledge, words of wisdom, working of miracles, gifts of healing, gift of special faith. You'd see tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. You would see all of these nine in manifestation, not all necessarily in one given service, but you would see it collectively. And I thought, man, if I could access that, because we had a church back then, and I, I love the altars here. Back then, uh, you know, that was customary. Most every church had altars. I got saved in 81. And so on Sunday night, my father-in-law would preach us into the altars. Right? And, and, and you know, James says in James chapter 5, I think it's verse 13, if any man's afflicted, let him have the prayer partners pray for him. No, it says let him pray. You're going through a test, you're going through a trial, you're going through something. It didn't say call the prayer partners. To Well, well I'm getting the prayer of agreement. The only problem with that is, is you tell them the problem, and then you want to stand there while they pray the prayer. Preaching better than you're shouting. We're to agree with you, technically. I'm not changing your process, but maybe you ought to have them pray first before you pray. Just to hear how they pray, and then you might need to sit down and instruct them where they're wrong and why things aren't changing. Amen? And so, so I would, uh, we'd get in the altars. And I mean, it was either one or two. You either had a need that you needed to pray through, or you were there praying with someone who had a need. So as a young guy, I learned to pray with folks. I learned to pray through myself at the altar, and others were praying with me. And I learned how to pray with others around the altar. See, this, this is so important. Protocol's important. You know, the other night I knelt down, and when I knelt down, Pastor Greg, it was like a floodgate opened. I'm a walker when I pray. I like to walk. But when I knelt down, it was like... I just, I went right into the presence of God. Sometimes protocol's important. Sometimes it makes a difference of how you do pray. And when we took the altars out, if you notice, there's not a whole lot of kneeling in the church anymore. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind this up. So, I get around the altar... And someone's praying, so I'm not going to reach in there and just, you know, well, what are you praying about, you know, because there's other people praying with them too. So you pray one of these, oh, God bless him, Lord, you know what he's going through, give him strength, Lord, and you'd pray in tongues a little bit, and God help him, Lord, you know, devil's not going to win this, he's going to overcome, and you say all those things, you know, and, and, but yet it's like Brother Hagin said, it's like eating at a restaurant, and you're going up to pay the bill, and the food wasn't any good, and your stomach's yelling the whole time you cheated me, Amen. And it's kind of that way when, you, when, you're, when you're, you're not accessing these weapons. And I said, Lord, if I could access that word of knowledge, where I could know present and past things, and if I could get a hold of that word of wisdom, then I could talk to them about what is to come. Lord, if I could access those gifts of healings, then, then, you know, they won't have to go through a medical procedure. If I could access the working of miracles, God, you can create something that was, was, was either there at one time or it's been damaged and don't work, and you can fix it. Special faith, Lord God, you can put me in a place where, glory to God, it's not me, I'm just receiving a miracle as you flow it through me. And, and I'm I just, I just talking to God, just as a 17-year-old kid. 
you know. And uh, so I started reading 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 every night. On my knees in my bedroom and I said, Lord, I don't want one of these gifts. I want all nine of them. Now, I didn't ask anybody in the church if I could do that. Because I, I promise you, if I would have, somebody told me, well, now you can't have all nine of them. And then, then you have to look at them because they don't have none of them. Amen? But I didn't ask anybody that. I prayed. And uh, I've shared this with you before, but the night God confirmed my call to ministry after five days of fasting and took me to Isaiah 61, uh, verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord's on me for he's anointed me to preach. I hadn't read that far in the Old Testament. I was just rereading that New Testament. And uh, God confirmed that to me uh, in prayer, February the 12th of 82. Well, February 14th, that night, my father-in-law, powerful prophet, was just walking through the crowd and calling people out, prophesying, and they're laying over here, and they're laying over there, and they're laying up and down. And he called me up, and he said, first of all, concerning the, the, the call of God on my life, he said, why do you think it's strange concerning what God said didn't? You say, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. But he said, don't worry about those things. God's going to lead you one day at a time. And then he went on to say, and no human being on planet Earth knew, you've even asked for the gifts of the Spirit of the Lord thy God. And he said, they shall be in you and they shall begin to flow through you in Jesus' name. I shouted, danced, and hit the ground, man, crying. Wore that cassette tape listening to that prophecy over and over. The next Sunday night, he preached us in the altars. I didn't have any needs. So I went and prayed for a, 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 a brother. He was probably about 12, 14 years older than me. He, he was... Uh, uh, you know, our Sunday school teacher in like fourth grade and sixth grade. And uh, while I was praying for him, just praying in tongues, I had a vision. Never happened before. And what I saw was him driving in his truck down one of the streets there in Wichita. I knew which street it was. I saw the color shirt he had on, and I heard everything he said to God when he was praying. And I am freaking out. I mean, you know, and what do I do with this? And, and I knew I had to tell him. So, I, you know, what did I do? I just leaned over because I'm right by him with Marmo on his shoulder. I said, Brother Dennis, I don't know if this is me or God, but this is just what I saw. And I began to tell him where he was driving, what color shirt he had on and what he said. And he broke. He broke. He's a big old burly guy. I mean, worked in a, worked in a slaughterhouse lugging the sides of beef on his shoulder. I mean, a man's man, tough guy. And broke like, and just bawled and wept and cried. And then a word of wisdom came after it. And I said, God says, this will happen and you will see. And he jumped up from that altar. You know why folks used to shout and dance in church? Because they prayed through. And they got their answer. We would pray through in the altar and then we'd have 30, 45 minutes of just shouting and rejoicing and worshiping God. And he came the next Sunday, I saw him, and he came in and said, everything that you spoke to me when we were in the altar happened verbatim, word for word, just like you said. He hugged me, and I was hooked. And when I started out in the ministry, I said, if I can help people to understand that God is no respecter of persons, but what he does through one, he'll do through everyone under similar circumstances. Meaning, 
You have to be willing to pay the price. Amen? It comes out of intimacy. There's just no other way around it. You can't read enough Bible verses. You can't serve enough in areas of the church. It comes through intimacy. Everybody slams poor old Mary, you know, because Martha was fussing. We're going to cook dinner for all these guys out here, Lazarus' buddies, you know, when he wasn't dead. We didn't have to worry about this. But now he's back to life. Everybody's over here, and I look around, and my helper's gone. Mary, where's she at? She's sitting in there at the feet of Jesus. Lord, you need to get on to her. She needs to get her backside back in here and help. And Jesus said she's chose the better thing. Amen. Didn't mean that she didn't need to do something, but it just meant that we need to understand intimacy with God is something you can never, you can never shortcut. Daniel said, Daniel chapter, what is it? Daniel chapter eleven thirty two. Those that know their God shall be what? Strong and do what? great exploits that word know there is the same word in Psalm 46:10 be still and know that I'm God same word in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1 Adam knew Eve and she conceived and brought forth a son that Hebrew word is the Hebrew word yada maybe I'm not saying it right but it means intimacy that produces life amen so God operates and moves through intimacy these manifestations must operate, must flow. You know, Mario Murillo had two books back in the 90s, very good. Fresh Fire, Fresh Impact. He's wrote some wonderful things, and God's using him again very powerfully. But he made a statement that the world, the church tells the truth poorly, and the world tells the truth gloriously and, you know, tells a lie that way. The church hasn't had the goods to back it up. But that's changing. Amen. I said, that's changing. Amen. That's changing. Candy DJ, stand up. Hallelujah. Ne preestea. Just join hands together. I think it was two summers ago, not last summer, or maybe not even the summer before, but it was in the last two, two years. We called you two up at uh, the meeting there in Wichita. And God told me to say over the two of you uh, what the prophets there in Acts 13 said over Paul and Barnabas. Separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work wherein to have called them. At that point, you guys hadn't really started launching out, hadn't started traveling, hadn't started going. And it just seemed like after that word was released, doors of opportunity begin to open. Things begin to go into motion. Now God says to you tonight as you stand here, you're getting ready to step into the first phase of what God has for you. There are things that you are going to learn. There are things that you will experience. There are things that God said, I will bring you through. Because I have a great assignment for your life. Both of you. A great assignment. And now God says, I shall launch you forth. I would be amiss to say that everything will be roses Everything will be wonderful and, 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 and even that this season won't come with pain. Because you see, my father-in-law said it this way, if you never run into the devil, that's a good indication you and him are going the same way. You can never judge whether you're in the will of God or not by opposition. Oh, this must not be God. We're just getting slammed at every turn. 
No, I think Apostle Paul would tell you from 2 Corinthians 11, he wasn't in pearls as some preachers preach today. He was in perils. Amen. But God said, There's, I'm to lay hands on you and release an anointing. By association, Candace, there's already a prophetic anointing that's in you. But God said, I will take it to another place and another dimension. You're going to begin to write songs as a team. And you're going to put words to them. And these words are going to flow from the very heart of God. And as they are sung prophetically, atmospheres will change. Strongholds will be broken. Sick will be healed. The lost will come into the kingdom. And it will be because of the obedience of the gift of God that is placed in you. He's going to begin to teach you about it. He's going to begin to lead you into it. And so, Father God, tonight we lay hands on them in obedience to your word. You never tell us everything that's ahead, because if you did, we wouldn't leave. But we know this would be the will of God. We know this would be an effectual door of ministry. And now they go through that door. And I thank you in the name of Jesus, no devil, no demon, no personality or person, no circumstance, situation, trouble, trial, peril, or problem shall be able to stop what you are going to do in them. This assignment will be twofold. You will be a blessing where you're going, but God is going to take you in that place and make you a greater blessing. He's going to pour in, and He's going to pour out. I can't tell you how long the assignment will be. God said, don't worry about that. What you worry about is is go and receive. And what I see is, is some clothing, like, like cloaks being wrapped over your shoulders that, that speaks of anointings, that you must walk this way to access and activate. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, that which you've begun in them, I thank you, Lord God, that you will make the way, you will prepare the way. Father, I thank you for divine connections before they ever even get there. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Favor will be a garment that they wear, and it will be supernatural. And Father God, I thank you. It is going to be mutual. That's how I will say it. Mutual in that you will receive a blessing from being there, uh, uh, be a blessing to give, but you will receive back in, in return. And it is to equip you for that which God has assigned and has set your hand to do. Now, there is some things that you're going to, to uncover. There is some things that have been mysteries to you that you haven't yet seen, but you will dig them out. You move closer in the vicinity, into position, and God said there are secret things. Not secret that he's tried to hide them from you, but you had to be in this season. And even in this place for them to unlock. Direction will flow. Revelation will come. And God said the anointing upon both of you shall increase. And Father I thank you. I pray it over them Lord. That there would be a releasing of the gifts of the Spirit. All nine of these manifestations. As the Spirit of God wills. That they would as Paul said to the church at Corinth. Come behind in no good gift. And I thank you, Father God, that it will be just as you have spoken. 
They go with boldness. They go with peace. And Father God, I thank you that you make the way be for them. Lombre beste keye yatanana masa satanamaso. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Bob and Leela, stand up. Join hands. I heard the Lord say there's an assignment, there is a project that's been in your heart, but it just has not been able to line up. God says to you, even as this word comes, he is shifting things into place. There's some people that God is also shifting into place. God said, now, just rest, rest. Rest, rest. You've got it somewhere. You've written down things. You've got it recorded. This is what, and you've got it recorded. God said, go back and look at it again. Because there's some things in there that you've recorded that you're going to see this time almost for the first time, and it's going to be like, that's it. And you're going to know some things you need to know as you move forward. 2024 now, this thing that has been held back, you'll see it. You'll see it. There'll be no more, no more delay. No more delay. God is working it together, and you're going to get a call. You're going to get some type of communication. You're going to get call. You're going to get communication that is going to let you see, hear, and know that these things have already begun to shift. Out of this thing, and the why the enemy delayed it so, is there is an effective door that you shall see open unto you as you are obedient to this assignment. A door that that just seem would never be available, but it shall be, and it's going to be like a two for one, a two for one. One door you've been praying about, and another door that'll swing wide, and that second door will be one in which that you will plant, you will water, and you'll see increase. And the anointing is on you. The hand of God, certainly you see, right here from Manford, you can still do everything God puts in your heart and what he's called you to be. So be of good courage tonight and mount up strong in your spirit and understand 2024, you're going to go from a walk, from a crawl, a walk to a run as you begin to see the fulfillment. Yes, yes. Lebre neste kedenisi. Father, we lay hands on sister too. There's a quickening in her tonight. A quickening in her tonight. Yes, yes, yes. Lombrenese. Some things that have been out of order physically will now shift. And I thank you, Lord. Health, healing flows in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lombre nesetea yene We release your anointing, Father, and your word will not, cannot, and shall not return void. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God.
Thank you, mighty God. Lebre neste bede sekete. Lombro soto. If you're in the room and you have had ongoing kidney issues, is there anyone? Lord spoke to me on the way over tonight that we are to pray for people with kidney difficulty. Anyone in the room? If so, just come on forward. And we're going to pray with you tonight. The anointing of God destroys yokes. The anointing of God removes burdens. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sister right here with the brown sweater. Yes, stand up. God wants you to know he's doing a work in your family. He's doing a work in your family. There's been much tears that have been shed. God gets the last word. And he says to you tonight, be not moved by what you see or what you don't see. Be moved only by the word of the Lord. Your heritage, your seed, shall see and know. And they can't run. They can't hide. God is drawing them by his spirit. So be of good courage. Like, like Paul in Acts 27. Be a good cheer. And just get ready to rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isn't he good? He's good. He's good. How are you? Are y'all just friends or how are y'all related? You're married? Okay, good. You know, I hook folks up all the time, you know, that aren't. Stand up. Join hands. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wow. Just close your eyes. Father, thank you for this husband and wife. Now, the Spirit of God overshadows you. This is a season of life that God brings you into. Natural and spiritual. The eyes of your understanding are going to be opened. Revelation is going to come. Growth in the things of God shall begin to accelerate. God said, I've prepared things for you, and I must get you to the place that you need to be. Now, he's pleased with you. Please understand me. He's pleased with where you are, but he says, don't stop short. The anointing is upon your life, and he says, I'm going to teach you about these things. That's the, that's the revelation. That's the life that is to come. And so, Father God, I thank you. He says, don't worry about those things, the uncertainty that's been. You've had conversations. There's been some anxiousness, but the Spirit of God is working things together for your good. God said this season didn't come to destroy you. It came to educate you, to advance you, and to grow you. And you're going to know how to take a hold of the hand of God, how to slay the giant, how to win the victory. Because God said, I've called you and I've raised you up for this season. You're in the right place at the right time. God said, stay planted. Stay planted and let your roots go deep. For fruit shall spring forth. Spruit, yeah, yeah. Shall spring forth. Shall spring forth. And Father God, I thank you. That needs are being supplied even now as we speak tonight. The areas where the lack is, Father, I thank you. 
supernaturally you are bringing an abundance in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord God. This is not just a one-time uh, uh, breakthrough, Father God, but it is an education in to understand how that they can live in this place. And so, Father God, we release your hand of anointing upon them. We thank you, Father God, for the season that they are in, and we give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, is that a little one you got there? Amen. Lay your hand there. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Girl. Father, in the name of Jesus, certainly this child shall be separated unto you. For the hand of the Lord is upon her. God says, as you raise her, teach her, train her. The gifts of God that have been in there from the very formation and even before. God said, watch the anointing. For this young one right here will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the voice of the Spirit of God she will hear at a very young age. And her heart will be toward the things of God. Mm. So we pray over this child, Father God. We thank you that all is well. Whole perfect and we thank you Lord God for the anointing and the assignment that you placed on this little one and I thank you for these parents Father God that you will use to raise her up to become the woman of God that you've called this little one to be in Jesus name hallelujah amen you receive that praise God praise God praise God hallelujah amen sing candy go ahead Oh! 
ahead and stand with me. We thank you, Lord. Go ahead and lift your hands. While you stand there, just come over into agreement with Isaiah when he said, Here am I, Lord. Send me. While you stand there, if it's in your heart, verbalize it with your words and say, Father God, grant me access to all nine of these gifts, all nine of these manifestations so I can do kingdom business for you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. We thank you, mighty God. We thank you, mighty God. How many of you are going to try to be back? Amen. It's just as far as I can go. I believe the next three nights of this meeting is going to impart into this house and into each of you individually. It's going to open 2024 up to you in a way in which you've never experienced before. Amen. There's so many of you I want to come to and pray for, but he won't let me do it. It's frustrating. It's like, why? But I've seen enough in the Spirit to know you probably don't want to miss the next few nights. My, my, my. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Nembre. there's more 
There's more for the people of God who will surrender and submit to the things that I'm calling them to do. For I'm calling you out of the boat and onto the water. I'm calling you to step into things that you never thought that you could do. Step into things you never saw yourself doing before. But opening your eyes of faith, you'll begin to step out and walk. And as long as you keep your eyes on me, you will not sink. You will not go under. But you will be used in a mightier, more manifested way than you ever thought possible, than you ever dreamt, than you ever than you ever imagined. And as you step out and see in the eyes of faith and, the, and walk with feet that are surrendered and walk with hands that are clean and ears that are ready to hear, you will know the greatness of the glory of God flowing through you as my gates of glory. For you shall lift up your heads. You shall open up, O ancient gates, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. For my hand is not short and the time is now. My hand is not short and the time is now for you to step out and understand who you are to step out and be above par for what the world says is acceptable will no longer be anything that you say that this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to be you need to step out you need to stand and you need to understand that this is my command tonight to you to be the people of God that I'm calling you out to be knowing that I've called you to set them free I've called you to manifest my glory I've called you I choose you. You did not choose me. I have chosen you and appointed you to be prophets and prophetesses to the nations. Starting in your own community, starting in your own grocery stores, starting in your own gas stations, starting in your own schools, starting in your own workplaces. For my glory will manifest from this place and you'll realize my hand is not short and that I have used you as my hands and feet to do it. So step out, step out, step out. Be surrendered and only believe. Amen. Well, come on and give him a hand clap. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Wow, wow, wow. Well, 8.59. I already looked at the score. Some of you probably don't want to know. God won the devil zero. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, Pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. Take a journey with me, saith the Lord. Take a journey over these next few moments, over these next few nights, and allow my impartation as we walk. Allow... As my arm is around you and as we stroll together, saith the Lord, impartation shall come into your life. It is not something that can be taught, it's something that can be caught, saith the Lord. And you'll begin to see it, begin to rise up deep from within the bowels of your spirit and beginning to manifest more and more. As you draw closer to me and the intimacy begins to intertwine us together, you'll begin to see a greater level of divine life begin to manifest in your body and in your life. And you shall see that you are being prepared these next four nights for a greater season of awareness and intimacy and preparation. For the time is short, saith the Lord, and I'm equipping you by my spirit through this ministry gift. 
What you put into this is what you shall receive. So put it all on the line and seek me and you shall see a greater wellspring of my life and my presence in you, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I sense that so strong. Amen. I sense that so strong. Do you sense that? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, like I said, this is a process. Not one message is going to get us where we need to go. Amen. This is a puzzle. Amen. And we got puzzle pieces each night. Praise God. And praise God by the end of this, your puzzle is going to be complete. And you're going to get an accurate picture of what God is doing in you and through you. Amen. I believe that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you're here tonight, you don't know the Lord, or you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you need to break through, praise God we have the altars right here. But on the side by the altars, we'll also have ministers that will be here to pray you through. And if you need that, I mean, it's time to exercise these things and not just give lip service to this and nod our head and say, yes, I see, Lord, yes, yes, yes. Get in there and press in. Get in there and break through. God has something for you today, but you got to press in. The enemy's going to oppose, but praise God, you can overcome and break through because he's given you all the ability by his spirit and by his word in the name of Jesus. Amen? Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. But I I just sense that the work is not complete tonight. I believe that there's altar ministry that needs to be done. I believe that people need to come in and press in to the Lord. So I encourage you, if you have children, please get them. If you haven't already, and then come back. If you want to pray as a family, we want to open this up to anybody who desires to pray. Amen? Hallelujah. Because it's not over till the paperwork's done. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, we're looking forward to a powerful time. Bring somebody. God's going to do some powerful things. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.